going to offer some guidance for a compassion and forgiveness practice. And please stand up at any point in the practice, either for the purpose of staying awake, the purpose of more connecting, or because it feels like the right thing to do at any point. So I'll speak for, raise it up. How's that, Ginny? Is that better? Okay. So I'll speak for a little bit, and then there'll be two parts. <clears throat> One, the, in a way, priming the ground for compassion. So, as you know, these boundless qualities of heart that are, are, that are closer to us than all of our proliferations and entanglements, these beautiful boundless qualities of heart, um, the common denominator of all of them is what is called in the tradition anukampati, the capacity to pulsate along with, to vibrate along with, to tremor along with, more and more and more. A range of inner and outer beings. <clears throat> So we'll begin with priming the ground for the anukampati, and then I'll take us into a formal forgiveness practice, which will have three parts. One is, um, I'll say it when we get there, but when I offer it, just pick up the parts that feel like you want to pick them up. If something feels like it takes you too far or it doesn't feel quite authentic or not real, then recognize that. You'll see what I mean when we get there. So compassion, the capacity, the particular aspect of love that can resonate with suffering and respond. Because there is that which is hard to bear. In the Buddhist tradition, no one is to blame for suffering. It does not gloss over harm and hurt. There is the fruit of action, and some action has a harmful result. But there is no one who is to blame. The understanding and the perspective of wisdom allows us to see with equanimity causes and conditions that are ripening in a moment that lead to harmful action. Reflecting in this way does not mean we become passive or immune to harm. It actually frees the heart to be able to respond. A Buddhist practitioner does not become more wishy-washy because they have equanimity. No, it will allow the heart to be more malleable in order to say no when no needs to be said, to stand up when we need to stand up. With the possibility of standing up and saying no when we are intact, 
not having to close our heart or make ourself wrong or the other. So picking up from last night, the tendency to blame ourself or another as being the cause of suffering. And to reflect, I find it helpful to reflect that at the beginning of the Western narrative that we're all inheritors of wherever our people have come from, the fact that we're here, we inherit the Western narrative. And whether we consider ourselves secular or not secular, the canon, we could say, of the Western story, the creation story at the beginning of our narrative, set in that garden of Eden, whether we believe it or not isn't the point. The point is that this was the first creation story that humans made. They made we make many but it was the first one we made where someone was to blame for suffering. Remember the story? So this isn't, this isn't um, uh, to, to, to uh, make wrong any of the beauty that's come out of that whole lineage, not at all. But it is worth reflecting that that tendency to want to find and pinpoint and... Um, find the sole cause. Oh, it's me. It's you. It's them. There is that which is hard to bear and our capacity to pulsate along with that, with wisdom, with root, with ground. Can increase. There is that which is hard to bear. When we feel that without training, well, we don't feel it, actually. It's just unpleasant, and we react. We push it away out of aversion. And in pushing away, this knee-jerk response that we see in our mind, when we push it away, the very act of pushing away bends us out of shape. You can feel it in your own body at times. When we push away what arises, it bends us out of shape. And in that bending out of shape, we lose contact with our root in boundless, immeasurable love. When we push something away, something feels wrong. And without our contemplative faculty, the mind shrinks and blames the other or ourself. We make it personal rather than seeing the causes and conditions. And maybe what is wrong is not me or you or them. But what is wrong and what feels profoundly wrong to us is the loss of contact with our 
unfathomable root. Our immeasurable and, dare I say, divine root. That feels bad. To be bent out of shape. Not home. Not lined up with that which is more than me. And what feels bad is the narrowing and shrinking of our unfathomable nature. So I offer that reflection in case any of it's helpful or might be. And engage with this practice in a way that is meaningful for you. So I'm going to invite us to chant a little bit, to open up the resonators. As we do more and more mindfulness of body breathing, it opens our capacity to resonate more. We're an instrument. We might have come like concrete or, you know, but we slowly soften up a little bit. So teach you another compassion chant, a tender one, another tender one. And let your, as we chant, let your heart be available, let your imagination be available, right? Buddhist teaching isn't about uh, like getting the right thing or doing it right. Wisdom is about if I attend in this way, What is the result? And knowing the result. And if it's a helpful result, if it leads onward, if it leads to more wisdom and more compassion, then what we were doing was skillful. Right? That's how wisdom is built. We go, huh, is that way of attending? Does it work? No. Okay, won't do it anymore. Right? But we have to give it a go. We have to try it out. I remember Joseph's story. He's told, some of you will have heard, Joseph Goldstein, the founder here, um, when he was a little boy planting carrots putting the seeds in and so excited, you know, couldn't wait till the little tops came over the ground and kept wanting to pull them, pull them out to see if they were growing there underground. We have to give a practice a, a good shot before we can see, not keep pulling it up and see if it's working. So open your imagination, you know, let the figures of love come, let whoever wants to come from our, your deeper nature, however you conceive of that, whatever language you want for that, that which is more than your limited sense of self. We could all agree that there's more than our limited sense of self. However we conceive of that, philosophically, metaphysically, that's up to us. (laughs) right? But there is that which is more than us. Okay, so let's chant a little bit, and I'll say a few things, then we'll do the forgiveness practice. So breathing in. Breathing out, dropping your weight to the ground, to the more than you that is this earth that the Buddha behind me is touching. Calling on the earth to bear witness to your miraculous imperfection. Breathing in. Breathing out, dropping your weight to the earth, to the ground. Let your buttocks soften. Don't hold yourself up as if you have to do something or perform. Breathing in. Breathing out, let your belly soften. Open the jaw. Forgiveness also isn't going to be something that you're going to do. It's also, in a way, granted by what is more than me. 
So letting the eyes be soft in their sockets, the bones of your skull, whatever you bring from your life to the cushion, really it's welcome. You've sat with it for five days, respecting the courage, the mobility in that. So this one is also Om Mani Padme Hum. I'll demonstrate the melody with my hands, three pieces. Om Mani Padme Hum And then the third part is different Om Mani Padme Try that third line. Om Mani Padme So that's the three parts. So join when you get it. Om Mani Padme Resonators open. Om Padme Padme And if chanting is not your cup of tea, let the sounds go through you. Om Mani Padme Hum Singing from the ground up. Om Mani Padme Hum Be the aspect of earth that can sing like a human. Om Mani Padme Be the outcropping of nature that can raise their voice this way. Om Mani Padme The trees might have other ways of doing it. 
Inviting those parts of yourself who want to be here. Om Mani Padme Hum Uri. In a way that's meaningful for you. Om Mani Padme Hum Uri. Opening your imagination. Om Mani Padme Hum And whoever of this world and beyond wants to come. Om Mani Padme With whatever that is hard to bear. Om Mani Padme Sharing the what is hard to bear. Om Mani Padme Hum. Letting the earth sing up through you. Om Mani Padme Hum. To the skies and to the trees. Om Mani Padme Hum Uri To the unfathomable beyonds Om Mani Padme Hum And if Kuan Yin or whoever else should appear, let them be welcome. Om Mani Padme Invoking this that can hear the cry. Om Mani Padme Hum That boundless dimension that can hear the cries. Om Mani Padme Passion, knowing when for you to modulate the intensity. If it becomes too intense, widen. Touch the earth and plug into the bigot circuitry. And if you want to come a little closer, breathe in as you sing. Mm. 
Bring the innermost of your heart. The secret chambers. And only if they should want to prize open their door. No demand on them. With a light touch. The hidden shame, the regret. Any places where you haven't forgiven yourself. Because we didn't understand. We landed our own heart with the burden. Letting your heart find her root. His root, their root. To what is more than the familiar self-sense. What lies beyond our cramp. our collapse, that even loves us for our hardening, After resonance of the chanting, see what kind of breath your body would like to breathe. Wait for her. Wait for them. Wait for him to show you what kind of breath. And the first of the three forgivenesses is the one where we ask for forgiveness to any other 
to whom we may have caused harm or hurt. Recognizing we're not the first cause, it's not personal, it didn't begin here. But nonetheless, we know our actions impact. We're not skillful, we're works in progress. God love us. And I'll offer a phrase, a phrase in English, and you can use those words if they're helpful, or they might come to you in image, in imagination, as a way to offer that phrase, or they might come in a language that is closer to your heart than English. So I suggest not bringing the most thing that we, most grievous thing we think we've done. You know, often we, if we have that tendency to make ourselves wrong and bad, we, we keep finding more things anyway, right? Just bring some one thing, one thing where it's like, oh, yeah, it did just, that was a little unskillful. Of course, I do it all the time. Letting that being come to mind in as an image or as a sense of them or their name. Recognizing their fellow if they are a human, their fellow humanity, or their fellow sentience, if they're not a human. Not torturing ourselves, but honestly feeling the ouch. And the phrase is, for the ways I may have hurt or harmed you, intentionally or unintentionally, through the actions of my body, my speech, or my mind, I ask now for your forgiveness. I'll repeat it. So again, don't let it just be, I mean, it can be just cognitive, that would be good. But if there's any more of you, of your body, of your breath, of your heart, of your imagination, let that be here. who comes and if at any point you start to collapse in oh my god how terrible I am come back plug in to what is more than you you and me and everyone else we're learning how to work these instruments give ourselves a break For the ways I, I think I have hurt you or harmed you intentionally or unintentionally with the actions of my body or speech or mind. I ask now for your forgiveness. And let yourself ask it in dignity. Ask it in your fellow resonance 
with all beings. Our shared life of impacting and being impacted. The ways I think I may have hurt you. Or I have hurt you. You can pause at any point if there's resonance for you there, right? Pause there. Don't rush ahead. The ways I have hurt you. Ouch. Letting ourselves feel that too. Intentionally, yeah, I think it may have been at times. Unintentionally. Through the action of my body. My speech. My mind. I'm sorry. And I ask now for your forgiveness. Letting ourselves, if you do, feel the, um, you might feel the pain. And if you do, making room around that, not having to collapse or make ourselves wrong for that. There is skillful action and unskillful action for you and me. Spending a little longer with this person. With these kinds of ideas. Or images. the ways I have hurt you. I ask for your forgiveness.
And letting your body breathe with that. Letting your diaphragm, your thoracic diaphragm under the ribs there. Let the breath come right into that place. Notice if you're collapsing around the diaphragm, let the air come into that space. Let your ribs rest. Not on your organs, but buoyant in space. Let the spine be long. Allow your body to freely breathe, causing hurt does not Expel us from the community of belonging. Finding a way to end with this being that feels respectful to both of you. Breathing out, checking you have your connection to earth and sky. And bring to mind Again, not the most grievous. Do not go for the most terrible. But where you have been hurt or harmed by another, go gently here. It could be just a sharp word, but something that stuck. Last warning Do not go for the most difficult one unless you really have done a lot of this work. Try it out on an easier one and then work up to the difficult ones. Someone who cut you off when you were speaking, someone who, whatever, didn't see you, misunderstood you, the ways that you have hurt me or for the way that you hurt me through the action of your speech your body your mind I offer you now my forgiveness And if that's not real for you, you'll feel the tightening in your diaphragm or your chest. Play with that, meaning make a little more room in your diaphragm. See if it can be real. And if it really isn't, 
then say, I am on my way to forgiving you. This is my direction of travel. But I only want to do it when I can take myself along intact. I'm heading there. You're not squeezing yourself into some spiritual box. You're feeling your way. With how much room to wiggle. What can be stretched right now? Where can you stretch? While coming along intact. the ways that you have hurt me for that way that you hurt me. Through the action of your gesture, body, speech. Ah, yeah. I forgive you. Sometimes it's simple. Check your body. Can they come along with you? With breath. Abiding. Just another minute with that one. And if you lose resonance, if you start to space out, lose connection, find out what's happening right now in your own experience that makes this hard or boring or see what you can resonate with, what's meaningful to you here. Your attention starts to involuntarily narrow and shrink. Stretch it back open again.
Finding a way to end with this being for now that feels respectful to you and to them. And there is a third part to this practice and I'll tell you what it is but I won't lead it now because we've come to time and I don't want to just throw it in at this point would feel a bit too coarse Um, but I'll let you know the, the, the stage so that you can practice it if you wish but some of us have got small group and meetings now And I'll tell you it, and then I'll find a way to end this together. So the third bit, some of you know, is then for the ways that I will have hurt or harmed myself. My body, or my heart, or my mind. Intentionally or unintentionally, through the actions of my own body, perhaps, my own speech, the way I talk to myself, my own mind, asking for forgiveness here. It's a really beautiful piece of the practice. It might seem to your mind, but there isn't another person here, you know, but for the purposes of this, you can allow yourself to be also a beloved other that you may have overlooked. Most of us do. Overlooked because we're searching for some other other. But really taking the time, and, and if I have time, I'll pick it up with us again. But for the ways I've hurt myself, through overlooking, through neglect, through hurt, through perhaps violence of body or of speech, yeah, really taking the time with that giving it really the time that it needs, that you need. Pausing with yourself long enough that your own body and heart and mind gets it, gets that there's someone there saying, I'm sorry I overlooked you. Right. So it's a a beautiful, um, delicate dance. And we'll feel the response You know, when someone really is sincere with us, we feel it. We feel it. Our body relaxes. Oh, they mean it. They're really there. Something in the heart can kind of... So I invite you for that with yourself when the time is right. It might be now. You might want to stay with that. Okay, so let's end this period um, sitting together for a moment or standing. Um, with a moment of quiet. As we finish, just sensing any effects in your heart, body, and mind, any effects from having engaged this practice that feel wholesome. We're most of us good at 
noticing unwholesome effects or unhelpful effects. See if you can tune to what is helpful to you right now. Maybe there's a little more quietness in the mind. Maybe something is settled, or maybe not. But tune to what is onward leading. That's part of our skill. So if you're staying in the hall, obviously take as long as you need to complete with yourself before walking. And some of us are in a small group now, so if those ones could be allowed to leave. Thanks. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.